0: This episode of The Relong is brought to you by Bloom. Want to get a handle on Edmonton's growing innovation scene? Take a listen to Bloom, Taproot Edmonton's newest podcast. Each week, hosts Karen Unland and Pfizer Ramji will discuss the latest developments and efforts to solve new problems and diversify the economy. Find out who has invented what, who is investing in whom, and what is on the horizon. Find Bloom wherever you listen to podcasts or visit bloom.taprootedmonton.ca. It has been a week, dear listener.
1: Uh, you ever had everything go wrong all at once? Yeah,
0: like a bunch of little stuff that taken in isolation wouldn't be a big deal. Nope. But it all happens at once and the pileup is just overwhelming. Yeah. That's been like the last week, week and a half for us here at
1: it the It is. It is a pile of molehills that has turned itself into a mountain. Yeah. Ugh.
0: It's been... A stressful day uh, leading up to the recording of this. The good news is, <laughs> perhaps, pretty quick chapter. So yeah. all things considered. And so this will probably end up being one of the shorter episodes for, for this particular book. But
1: And uh, we are now two out of three major stressors dealt with. Yes. So we're getting better.
0: It's been a busy day. <laughs> we'll put it that way. But yeah, uh, with that said, I guess we'll we'll kind of breeze past the preamble this week because we're, we're recording on a bit of a time budget today. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, we'll get into a brief recap of our previous chapter, in which the team of ensigns heads into the Arboretum after discovering the grisly remains of one of their officers. Ugh takes a look through the greenhouse, finds the other spore, jostle it into the elevator up to the airlock, and then fail to actually jettison it into space. <laughs> Meantime, Morvin begins to plot. And that leads us into chapter 12 of Screams from the Void by <laughs> Anne Tibbetts. <laughs> so before we get into what happened to this chapter... Shout out to Ann Tibbetts, who actually did get back to us.
1: She did, which was very nice.
0: On social media, thus confirming she is listening to these episodes and also confirming that Nile is pronounced Nile. So Nita was right. Hooray. Now, in my defense, I'm sure I've heard it pronounced Neil before. Oh, it's so entirely possible. It could be that that is an alternate pronunciation, but. Certainly our author, and thus the character, intends for it to be pronounced Nile, and so we will proceed with that.
1: Very good. Indeed.
0: The chapter begins with Morvan striding into the office with all of the others, and Tamson's like, hey, I just need a couple more minutes, and Morvan's like, no, this is taking too long, so what we're going to do instead is have a mutiny.
1: <laughs> well, he doesn't say it like that. But that is 100% what he does. Yeah
0: basically. Uh, and Reyna's immediately just like gobsmacked because she's like, like well, this is not what we literally just whoa, agreed upon.
1: Whoa, whoa 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah, that uh, I was telling Scott earlier when we were chatting about the book we should just retitle this book Morvin is Terrible because every single chapter, of my notes are just about how terrible Morvin is.
0: Yeah. Uh, Basically, he fails spectacularly at trying to persuade Niall to step aside.
1: Oh, it's, yeah.
0: He comes off abrasive and arrogant and, frankly, power hungry. And Niall calls him on that.
1: As he should. And, th-
0: and here's the thing. Raina's correct in part of her internal monologue in this. She actually thinks to herself, like, I assumed he was going to pull Niall aside, have a private chat with him. Soft peddling, it might have worked.
1: Maybe. And Instead of coming in and being like, you're out old man, I'm taking charge.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, Niall is probably in over his head in this situation, but at the same time Morvan went about this all the wrong
1: way. Oh, and all wrong.
0: all of his arguments basically get pretty adequately rebutted by Niall. Like, he's like, look, you're too old for this now. And Niall's like, I've got more experience in my left pinky than you. And Morvan's like, when's the last time you shot a gun? And he's like, uh, the just before this mission, just like you, because we have to go through mandatory training, which I've been doing for 40 years. Mm-hmm. So, so I've, I've
1: taken it 20 times. How many of you taken it, whippersnapper? Like, yeah. Uh, it's all bad. And I know... Morvin is against mutiny. He hates the word, right? He well, bristled because, at it.
0: Because mutiny is bad yes. and Morvin wants to be a hero,
1: right? Yes. Except that what he has done here, even though no one said the word, what he has done here is mutiny. Yeah. That is exactly what he has done.
0: And I mean, the the younger Ensigns are also spooked enough at this point that they kind of fall in line with him because he's trying to take charge. And that's something that Niall hasn't been doing.
1: Not really. Because Th- there's a difference between taking charge and, and leading. Yes. And simply telling people what to do. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's nuance to it. There's a difference. Telling them they have to stay in the galley, right, and trying to keep everybody calm is one thing. Actually leading them to try and help them survive is something else.
0: Well, and Niall hasn't done that yet. And in, in fairness to him... Yet. <laughs> he was unaware of the situation involving the chain of command up until now. Morvin is correct when he calls Niall on that and says, you've been sitting here waiting for the other officers to show back up. None of them have. And if they had solved the problem, they would have sent an all clear. They haven't. It's been too long. We haven't heard anything. We have to assume the worst. In that sense, Morvin is right.
1: That's the problem with this whole situation, though, is that Morvin is right just enough to be convincing, right? To sway other people to his side.
0: Well, and Avram doesn't like Morvin, but is like, you know <laughs> what? Morvin is at least making it clear that he wants to try to solve the problem, and he's going to be proactive about it. I'll go with Morvin, and Tamson likewise is like, I'd feel safer doing something and sticking with the group, so I'm with Morvin.
1: And at that point, Reyna, I think, just caves to peer pressure,
0: more or less. And she makes it clear to Niall as well, like, this is not how this was supposed to go down, for the record. Because Niall, of course, assumes that they were just back in the, in the airlock plotting treason, which was not exactly what was going on.
1: There's a difference between a treason and a mutiny.
0: Yeah. But he realizes that, basically, he's, he's lost the plot here. Nobody's following him anymore, and everybody seems to be falling in line with Morvin. So he just kind of, like, hangs back and rumbles about it.
1: Yeah. Here's something that no one has brought up. If they survive this, and I don't know that they will...
0: Niall can still report the mutiny.
1: Well, yes. So even if they survive, yes, they escape with their lives, they're going home to a court-martial. Oh, for sure. And likely well, no. none of them will ever work in space again.
0: Well, at the very least, Morvin won't. Morvin sure won't. That's assuming that Niall survives, though.
1: That's and assuming as that any of them survive. And,
0: and as we find out later in this chapter, there's definitely no guarantee that he will. Nope. Ugh. Morvin puffs up, he's all in command now, and that lasts 6 minutes <laughs> because they almost immediately find Pollux hiding near the greenhouse.
1: I know, it it's it's all terrible. Here's the other thing about Morvin and his puffiness. He promised Reyna that he would only take this kind of command, he would only take over
0: if Nile agreed. If to Nile
1: it, agreed to it, which he did not do.
0: And if he had a plan.
1: Which he does not have.
0: Nope, so he lied basically.
1: Yeah. So this is all awful.
0: But he almost immediately gets his comeuppance because Pollux is still alive and they pretty much immediately find her. Yes. <laughs> now Pollux is in shock, and rightly so, having witnessed the death of the other officers and been unable to kill the monster that's been slowly picking them off one by
1: one. Right. She has experienced some horrors. Yes. In the last, what, 15 minutes?
0: Raina and Tamsin both get her up and get her back out. Avram gives her some water. He pulls one of the pipes out of the like yeah. greenhouse roof. They
1: basically find her mid breakdown. More or less. Right. Yeah. She's sobbing in the hallway outside the greenhouse. She doesn't entirely register them for a while. Right? Like her brain is not okay right now. Well, she's
0: dwelling on what's just, what's just
1: happened. Can you blame no? her?
0: No, not at all. Morvan is very grumpy about this and very nearly locks Reyna and Pollux.
1: In the greenhouse.
0: In the greenhouse over it.
1: Yeah. That went to a very dark place very quickly.
0: Yeah. Reyna thinks he's going to slam the door in her face a second time out of petulance. And this time he doesn't because she kind of calls him on it. And he snaps out of it and then tries to brush it off like, you're just seeing things.
1: No, my hand wasn't over the doorknob. And she's like, yeah, it was. Yeah, it totally was. And like lingered there long enough that you could tell he was considering what he was doing. Because as she points out, he gets rid of his ex, sufficiently punishing her for, you know, defying him.
0: And he gets rid of Pollux.
1: And he gets rid of the senior officer. Well, not
0: just the senior officer, his specific boss. Yes, Yes, his
1: boss in one fell swoop. Because if he locks them in the greenhouse. They'll die. They'll die right? The creature will find them and they will die. Like it's dark. It's That's also a dark. Thing. Like he would just casually leave people to be murdered. It's That's also terrible.
0: very short sightedly self-destructive because the fewer people they have, the lower their chances of survival.
1: Yes. I actually wrote it in my notes. Like what's really wrong with him? You should be trying to collect survivors, not create bodies, right? Like I'm. it's going to be the same thing over and over again. Morven is terrible and very broken. Yeah, no,
0: he's definitely one of the villains of our piece, but...
1: (laughs) All of my chapter notes are all, Morven is terrible and very broken.
0: Pollux does start to come out of her stupor and begins to make it clear, like, yes, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one left. Valda told me to run, which is why I ran, but, I mean, it was already too late for everyone else. The flight crew is dead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Confirmed. They're all gone. She
1: basically lists off all of the death she's witnessed.
0: Yeah. And the thing is damn near unkillable. Like, I... Tried to crush it. We've blasted it with laser blasts. Nothing seems to do the trick. I'd come to the greenhouse in the hopes I'd find like an axe or a machete or something. Yeah. This is the only thing I can think of.
1: Well, because blunt force slowed it down,
0: and energy weapons are useless. Yeah,
1: energy weapons did nothing. So and she watched point, it recover from being crushed. So. Yeah. Uh, try to stab it i guess
0: so it's yeah it's got dr against blunt and energy <laughs> and now we need to try piercing and slashing
1: yeah resistant yeah. to energy weapons
0: that's what we need to do yeah so uh she also mentions like it's it's super tough it's fast it's got talons that are like razor blades yeah
1: metal like talons yeah she didn't like, even mention the teeth we know we, it's got teeth
0: we need to try close combat at this juncture Morvin's like this is insane this is absolute madness and she's like everything else hasn't worked <laughs>
1: Yeah, basically, she yells at him, like, I've seen it in action. (laughs) Don't you tell me what to do.
0: Now, the other thing of note in this chapter is that Raina names the creature finally.
1: Oh, yeah, a Kepler. She
0: she calls it the Kepler because they found it on Kepler-22b. Yeah. So that's just a fitting name for it. And it kind of gets adopted by them over the course of the, the latter part of the chapter. Yeah. More of them start calling it the Kepler. This is actually news to Pollux because she, of course, has not been kept up to speed about where this creature came from and she learns that it was in fact in one of the spores they brought up on the vines yes that they
1: had found the the red trees she brings up the red trees
0: and seems a little surprised by this the thing that everyone else is surprised by certainly reina is how much the rash has spread over her body yeah and she's like scraping off skin at this point it's oh like... yeah
1: she like digs her nails into her neck yeah because it's so itchy
0: so she's not in a good way and uh, as previously pointed out last chapter uh, our good friend Morvin has started to itch from the slime. And in this chapter, so does Avram.
1: So does Avram. I noticed that too. Yeah.
0: So good times. Everything is not terrible.
1: Oh, everything is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I did a little bit of back reading, if you will.
0: Which is fully allowed.
1: Yeah. My prerogative as a reader to go back and check on things I've been told we, before.
0: We do not read ahead no, but before we, we record. But we do read back. But we are allowed to look back at stuff, yes.
1: Okay, so I went back, uh, especially because the size, remember I was complaining about the size difference, how I expected it to be smaller and not take two people to move around? Mm-hmm. So I went back and found the description of it from a chapter or two ago. Here's how it's described it's spherical. Quite large, shaped almost like an egg, but hard like a seed pod, and devoid of life signs. Direct quote from the book. All it says is, quite large. And
0: it uh, was found, again, on a, on a tree and or vine. So I can see why, because there's no life signs, it would have been mistaken as part of the plant.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. So technically it was found in a crater. Mm -hmm. It was found in a crater uh, beside a large batch of red tree-like saplings.
0: Yeah. So she assumed... That they were part of the life cycle of the tree. Yeah. Like how if you find an apple lying next to an apple tree.
1: Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So it it absolutely makes sense. And why would she consider it a threat if it's just a seed pod?
0: And if it's not showing any obvious life signs.
1: Exactly. So there we go.
0: A hard egg-like pod...
1: That was the part that stood out to me the most second time round. Shaped like an egg.
0: Well, not just that it's shaped like an egg. The thing that's jumping out at me is the hard. Because mm-hmm. again, remember, it was found in a crater. Yep. And I had posited, maybe it came from space. Maybe it Maybe did. it was deposited there on purpose. Maybe. Um, but
1: there were a bunch of them. Well, yeah. <sighs>
0: but again, if this is, if this is a, some sort of alien bioweapon that is dropped on a planet and then allowed to just kill everything. That,
1: no, if it, it it's.
0: A hard drop pod would be the way to deposit it, right?
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a good term for it. Indeed. All right. So our crew now is going to what? Head up to the flight deck, right?
0: Yeah. So uh, Pollux basically takes command again, tells everyone, grab yourself a weapon. The decision is like. If they're going to try to eject the other spore pod, because like they've taken so long at this point, there's genuine concern it may have hatched in the interim.
1: Well, it has been, what, two hours? A couple hours. At least.
0: So the only way to ensure that they can eject it, make sure they only have one problem on the ship, is to head up to the flight deck. Yep. So that is. So they're
1: going to have to wade through all that carnage.
0: Kind of what they're going to have to do, yeah.
1: It's going and to that's. Be
0: gross. That's pretty much where the chapter yeah. ends.
1: Although, uh, the chapter ends on a very interesting comment from Pollux. About how they have to find some different weapons, and she recommends body armor, which they don't have. Are they going to like makeshift <laughs> some body armor? I don't know that body gonna... armor
0: is going to be that much use anyway, because again, she tried to slam a door in its face and it carved through the metal.
1: Yeah. S- slower than it would have carved through her skin. Possibly. Maybe. I don't know. I. I like to think that they're going to do, they're just going to craft themselves some armor based on what they find in the ship. I just like that idea that they're going to like arm themselves.
0: Well, they're definitely going to grab Sorry. some stuff to arm themselves.
1: Armor themselves. That's what I should have said.
0: The other point that's brought up at the end of the chapter actually is Pollux is surprised that is alive because they mentioned that Raina was basically like a hair's breadth away yeah, from the Yeah, she was creature. right
1: underneath it because it was in the vent.
0: Yeah. And survived. Because they know, she noticed it, and then it decloaked, and they all shot at it, mm-hmm. and it ran away. And based on everything that's happened on her end, Pollux is like, why didn't it kill you? And no one really has a good answer for it.
1: Well, that's also my question to Pollux.
0: Why hasn't she been killed yet? Yeah. It because could've. it could have killed her on a couple occasions as well.
1: Yeah, more than once now, it probably could have killed her.
0: And we posited maybe the slime had something to do with that, but it also didn't attack Raina when it had the opportunity. so And
1: Reyna's not covered in slime.
0: As, as far as we know.
1: As far as we know. Raina
0: is not, in fact, covered in slime. So, yeah.
1: Well, okay, but Morvan and Avram are, but they haven't encountered the creature since then.
0: Yeah. So if Avram or Morvan bites it in the next encounter with the creature, we'll know that the slime is not the factor.
1: Yeah. So it may or may not still be safety slime. We don't know. We don't know. Mm. The plot thickens.
0: Though it would absolutely figure that if it was the slime, Morvin would be one of the people who would then be immune to the monster. <laughs> Ugh. I hate that. Doesn't explain uh, Raina, though. Although, no. Morvin gives her, like, a backhanded compliment there where he's like, "Ah, eh, she's just quick like a bunny.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what that was.
0: Yeah, Raina's like, uh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, bit of a quick chapter.
1: That's okay. We still had lots to talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, also a bit of a shorter episode because that's, I think, more or less where we're going to wrap it up.
1: Yeah, well, the chapter is over and we've discussed the things.
0: Yeah, but as I mentioned, we're also on a bit of a time budget for this particular (laughs) record. So this is a good cutoff point for that. So you want to read up on chapter 13 in time for next week. In the meantime, you know, the creature came out of a pod. (laughs) But there's another type of pod that is a podcast. Hey, segue. <laughs> so smooth. Anyway, there are a lot of great podcasts, both locally and abroad, that uh, don't generally get the kind of attention that they deserve because they're maybe more of a public service sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, those podcasts deserve a little bit of love. And the Edmonton Community Foundation uh, has generously offered up some of their ad time to some of those podcasts. For them to get a little shout out. And Nita's got one for you right now.
1: With Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, the Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a Pod Power shout out to your forest. Your Forest is a podcast about the natural world. Hear stories about the environment, renewable resources, conservation, forestry, hunting, fishing, and more. This is a podcast for those who cannot live without the joys and wonders of all wild things. Find Your Forest wherever you get your podcasts or at yourforestpodcast.com. That's yourforestpodcast.com. And I should point out that your forest is one word. Yes. Just to help you search it out. It's one word. Just
0: another good podcast talking about good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You can uh, probably seek out other podcasts local to you if you're not in the Edmonton or Alberta area.
1: Oh, probably. Yeah. Everybody uh, has a podcast nowadays. And
0: as we've said it before, we support local.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
0: You can also support us by heading over to albertapodcastnetwork.com and finding all of the other great podcasts that are part of the network. While you're there, you'll likely find one or two that are worth checking out. You can download them on your podcatcher of choice. That's also probably where you're catching our pod.
1: Makes sense. You could
0: give us a little rating and a review.
1: Oh, we'd like that. Please and thank you. Yes,
0: we would like to give you a please and thank you via social media.
1: Yes, we are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. You've heard me list those off before. We are at the Read Along on most of them. Easy to find. Let's
0: not assume that this is not the first time someone's listened
1: to the (laughs) podcast. Fair enough.
0: Though, weird time to jump in mid-book,
1: but still. (laughs)
0: Uh, You can also reach out to us via email.
1: Yes, we are... Thereadalong at gmail.com.
0: And with that said, as always, we love you very much and we'll see you next time.
1: Someone do a diagnosis of Morvan and send it to me. I want to read it.
0: Thank you for joining us on The Read Along